0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Don't Look Back, Getting Unstuck and Moving Forward with Passion and Purpose, written and narrated by Christine Kane, with an audiobook exclusive track from Christine, available now everywhere you get audiobooks.
1: This is Matt Woodley with Monday Morning Preacher in the studios of Christianity Today. And today I'm with our guest today, Matt Erickson, the senior pastor at Eastbrook Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Great to have you here, Matt. Good to be here with you, Matt. So, Matt, you, you're you on the show for our topic of the day, which is uh, preaching on sexuality. And you did a five-part series called... Love, Sex, Body, Toward a Biblical Theology of Embodied Sexuality. Did Mm -hmm. I get that title right? You
0: got it. That's a mouthful.
1: Okay. So I am going to talk to you about why in the world you
0: did that and how and what happened. (laughs) I'll be happy to share what I've got. And what you learned. I learned a lot through it beforehand and afterwards. I'm sure you did. And I want
1: you to share it with us. Sounds good. I want to start with a question not related to that, just about okay. your life as a preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to ask preachers just different questions about just their journey and their spiritual transformation and what preaching has done for them. So here's a question for you, Matt. What, is, what was the best preaching advice you've received mm-hmm. in regard to your own soul as a preacher? Not to like technique or how to preach better sermons, but just mm-hmm. for you as yeah. a human being made in the image of God, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I love that question because I think a lot of the conversations do focus on technique. So for me, I had a mentor in my life. His name is Lyle Dorsett. Uh, he was a professor and then a pastor in my life. And he he really encouraged me to think about preaching as letting a sermon live in you before hmm. it comes out of you. Yeah, And so that was great advice to me. And so one of the things that he encouraged me and some other young guys who were under his wing at, a, at an earlier phase of my life was to almost let the Holy Spirit yeah. preach that sermon into your life. And so that's, how, in my own way, has become a little bit of a principle for me in ministry that our, our spiritual life is really the source of what flows out of it. So everything else, all the ministry comes out of that overflow. And then in preaching, yeah. the same thing. Let it live in you. And then let it come out of you. That was was great for me.
1: That's great. That sounds like a good topic for a podcast. Why don't we just talk about that today instead of preaching on sexuality? Whatever you want to do, man. (laughs) I'm at your service. No, we want to go. (laughs) We want to know about preaching on sexuality. So um, this fall, you preached a five-part series Mm -hmm. titled Love, Sex, Body, Toward a Biblical Theology of Embodied Sexuality. My first question is, Mm -hmm. why in the world? did you do that in 5 weeks? I mean, I mean in yeah. case you haven't noticed, Matt, that's kind of a controversial topic. It is? And um, yes, it is. <laughs> you didn't know that Tell before you about went into it. it. Yes. Yeah, so, anyway, why did you feel compelled to preach that series?
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, our church, I mean, we're a multi-ethnic church in the city of Milwaukee. We're a larger church and so we find ourselves bumping into issues all the time. Uh, Some of them is we have folks across the political spectrum. That's another Mm -hmm. aspect to that. But this issue is such a a hot topic. It has to be addressed. People are having questions. So we had taken a pass on on doing something like this about four years earlier. We did a series on sexuality and felt like we didn't really get at it the way we would have liked. Hmm. And so we took a longer journey. We were working with, uh, as a staff, uh, with our... Council at the church, trying to work through some of these issues, where do we stand as a church, and then also walking alongside of a lot of people pastorally. Yeah. So we said, hey, let's, let's try to clarify where we are as a church on this. Let's open up conversation. We had some other special events around that, including some sermon discussion groups that happened during the series. So that sort of motivated us just to get to some clarity help people know how to think about these things in their own lives, help people know within the church where are we going, what is healing, what is discipleship, what does spiritual formation look like in this area of our life, Yeah, Uh, at least where we stand right now. Wow, that's great.
1: So let's look at the whole series, the whole five-part thing, big picture. What was your big idea for the whole series? What were you trying to accomplish?
0: Yeah, the big idea was how do we give a theological framework for thinking about specific sexual issues. So the way that we did that was, we took the concept of the four-chapter gospel, I mean, this is not original to me, but creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, Mm -hmm. and then tried to think about how, not just sex issues or sexual issues, but how does our love, how does our conception of the body and then sexuality fit together within that big story of God, and then having that theological framework uh, being able then to engage with the specific issues, you know, I- issues like adultery, issues like pornography, homosexuality, gender dysphoria, and things like that. We just wanted to provide that overarching theological framework through the lens of the four-chapter gospel.
1: Yeah, and I, I've i read the sermon, so I know you approach this from mm-hmm. what we would call an orthodox, mm-hmm. biblical, Christian position. Sure. Um, so, uh, but you use the phrase embodied sexuality, which... Mm-hmm. Um, some people may not be familiar with that i mean what mm-hmm. is what does that mean like embodied sexuality what yeah. I mean
0: yeah go ahead where, where do we go it. from there yeah, yeah. I mean I, I, my, some of my beginnings in, in ministry were in college yeah. ministry, yeah, so we had all those kind of discussions, you know students are asking, what can I do what can 't I do? What does the Bible yeah. say about these right. issues? So a lot of times, I think our approach to sexuality is issue oriented. Mm. But embodied sexuality really gives us a much more robust view of how sexuality is part of our discipleship in the body. When we think about spiritual formation and spiritual formation practices, even somebody like Dallas Willard would talk about how important the body is within that. And if you go back to the Hebrew conception of a person or a soul, nefesh doesn't really refer to disembodied spirit. It refers to a whole person. So how do we bring that whole person perspective to bear on our sexuality, that we are people created with bodies, that our sexuality is part of our body life, and then uh, what sexuality does or what its function is, as well as its joy, is related to our understanding of the body? You know, some people will point to the work of Pope John Paul II as Theology yeah. of the Body, Christopher West's work as kind of summarizing that, which is, which is great. But I don't think it's just a Roman Catholic approach to the issue. Yeah. I just think that in some ways, uh, some of that work has put at the forefront um, the, the understanding of how significant the body is then in our yeah. approach to those issues. Tara Owens has a, another book that just came out fairly recently about the body. I can't remember the specific title, but it's another great resource from a more Protestant yeah. perspective on embodied sexuality.
1: So what we do with our bodies... Matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, So, walk us through a brief overview of the series, Mm -hmm. Um, each sermon, theme, and focus. How did you lay
0: it out? How did you, what was Mm -hmm. the
1: architecture?
0: Yeah, so as I mentioned before, that approach to the four chapter gospel, plus the first week was really an introduction. So, the first week, what I was trying to do was just to raise issues of change in culture and then also engage with um, some of the biggest questions, just sort of place them out on the table, name some of the big questions people are wrestling with, and then give an overview of where we were going in the series, as well as some of the other things we would add into that. Then the following four weeks, each was just a deep dive into each chapter of the gospel story in relation to love, sexuality, and the body. So the creation week, which would be week two of the series, we talked about you know the original goodness of our bodies, yeah. the original goodness, the beauty of sexuality and love, how those things tie together, the covenants that God brings to bear with Adam and Eve. And then, you know, uh, that, that sex is not a negative thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. It has a functionality uh, for procreation, but it also uh, leads to and, and nurtures uh, love there. And it's not just for married couples. Yeah, Sexuality is important for singles, for young, for old. It's an important part of our identity. So that, that first week or the second week, which is really on creation, helped us get that into view, the goodness of sexuality, love in the body. Fall obviously talks about the impact of how sin, evil, and brokenness impact our love, which turns us in upon ourselves. Our sexuality, which makes us use sexuality as a way to try to inflate our egos or to feel good about ourselves and how we misuse that. And then also uh, the fall impacts uh, our, our body life, that we are at odds, we feel at odds. And so things like uh, body dysmorphia or gender dysphoria are, are things people experience that's related uh, to the impact of the fall. There's other things that we do, you mm. know, body image issues. Yeah. And all of that relates to the, the impact of, of sin, evil, and brokenness. Yeah. So those tensions we feel. Then the, the third chapter, which was the fourth week of the series, talks about redemption and, and uh, how Jesus' redeeming work is significant for love. We, I think we understand that. Jesus shows us what love is. But it's also significant for our life in our bodies and our sexuality, a call to healing, a call to confession, a call to redemption in our lives. And then restoration, that last weekend in the series, the fourth chapter, points to the new heaven and the new earth. And what does it mean that we'll be restored, have new resurrection bodies? And, and what does that bring into our lives in relation to what it means to live in the body and, and all those things as we look to the future. And and so anyway, that's kind of the whole framework for series, the series, yeah. the architecture of the series.
1: So I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, but um just as you're talking everybody's well, probably a lot of our preachers are wondering, like specifically, okay, so how did you deal with LGBTQ issues? You know, mm-hmm. how did you deal with that in the in the series? You know? Yeah. Because that's sort of a The lightning rod. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I dealt with it in in different ways. Um, So issues of gender dysphoria and transgender, we dealt with, uh, I'm trying to remember which weekend it was in this series, but we talked about the fact that, you know, for someone to be dealing with gender dysphoria, to not feel at ease within their bodies, uh, that requires a lot of compassion. Where are people coming from? Uh, uh, And a lot of us just don't understand that. Right. So it's not something that should push people out of the church, but we want to engage with people and walk alongside them. Gender transition becomes a real thorny issue. You know, it's complicated to know how to address some of those things. The ideal, you know, to have a a sense of congruity between gender identity psychologically and biological sex uh, physically is the ideal. We struggle with those things, so we talked about that in depth the discussion of you know uh, homosexuality or being gay or lesbian, we talk about how you know attractions in themselves are kind of I don't want to say they're neither here nor there, but that there are many people who are struggling with attractions and desires that maybe they don't want or that seem so connected to their identity and that we want to be the type of church that can throw their arms as wide as they possibly can that anybody could enter in and encounter Jesus but then that we are trying to move in a specific direction together towards healing and wholeness. And so we talked about what redemption means in relation to those desires and how do we walk along together? How do we create space for people uh, who are, are dealing with, with uh, ongoing same-sex attraction? How do we not shame people? How do we make this just part of our journey together and, and, and uh, create space and openness that there's not shame I mean, another part of it too, I think, is the discussion around marriage and singleness. Mm, a yeah. lot of singles within our church feel like second class citizens. Like, if you're really going to be a good Christian, you have to get married and then you can get your kids in children's ministry and really be part of the church. And that's a failure on the behalf of the church. Yeah. So we had. Um, a powerful testimony from someone in our church who 's a a leader and and single speaking about that, and it was a good word to our church of how do we stretch how do we affirm um someone who 's single just alongside of those who are married, so many different issues right, that are right. touched on in there
1: well and obviously you can 't deal with the um you know the issues around homosexuality l g b t q without having a robust theology of singleness you right. know it just because otherwise yeah. you're just dooming people to a life of loneliness and right. second-class citizenship. But with a robust theology of singleness, you're, you're giving people context to walk that faithfully, that journey faithfully to Christ and to the, the church and scripture. And so um, anyway, so that's, yeah. that sounds great.
0: And there's some great voices that we all know, you know, Wesley yeah. Hill right. or Gregory Coles, others yeah. who are speaking to that if people haven't read some of their works. I mean, Washington yeah. Waiting is, yeah. is a must-read You have to read that book. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, So what surprised you about the series and your people's response to the series?
0: I think when we prepared the series, and there really was a team of us on our Uh, staff and in our council and some key leaders, what surprised me is... Um, I thought I was going to have way more negative pushback hmm. than I actually yeah. did. Yeah. So that was a bit surprising to yeah. me. I had a lot of folks coming forward saying, first of all, just thank you for dealing with this issue and talking about it. We had folks even from other churches who were who were coming or, or listening to the messages, I think just because as pastors, let's be honest, I mean, it's it's a fearful topic to step yeah. into. <clears throat> and so that was surprising to me, just how much positive feedback that I had. Uh, I, I was surprised at how much openness and vulnerability people brought to the table and some amazing ministry that came out of that. Yeah, I think I was also surprised at just sometimes how stressful it was to preach the messages. This yeah. was the hardest series I've ever done in my whole ministry, mm. and it was worth it, yeah. but the preparation work, um, the hard work of really <laughs> making sure we're headed in the right direction, yeah, that surprised me. and um, so those were those were some of the things I would yeah. say in response hey. to that.
1: It seems like you're balancing a couple of uh, values that you really wanted to communicate. And one was um, compassion, you know, um, and that sort of open arms kind of approach. And the other one is clarity, you know, Mm -hmm. this is what the Bible and the church has taught and continues to teach. And so we don't, um, we don't apologize for that. Um, So how did you, how did you feel you balanced those two? Did you feel like that was like, you kind of like, I mean, honestly, like, we We kind of nailed that,
0: or mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? I feel pretty good about it, yeah, you know it's you talk about Jesus coming full of grace and truth, yeah, John one fourteen John one seventeen, and so those two things holding those up, I think are good things as preachers yeah. on this kind of a topic say am I am right. I being?" You know, 100% grace, 100% truth. I don't think it's a mixture. It's fully both. Yeah. So I look at it, and I feel like we were able to do that. We talked a lot about pushing people into compassion for those who are unlike them. Yeah. We talked a lot about what the truth of Scripture says. I mean, one of the messages I actually say, you know, when we think about issues of homosexuality, I wish, actually, that I could say the Bible gives absolute freedom and permission here. Because as a pastor... In a lot of ways, that would be a lot easier for me, easier culturally, easier for some of the folks who are in our church who this is a hard word for their journey. And so just being open with with that, I think, created a space for people to say, yeah, we can be compassionate, we can be truthful, we don't have to... Let go of either, but it right. does create a bit of attention sometimes. I, I felt like we did well about it. Yeah. I think you can always do it better. Yeah, there, there's always things looking back. I would have changed this, or right. sometimes I think maybe I would have given more time for the series yeah. than I did. But it was good. I think yeah. overall,
1: you. Uh, it sounds like what you. One of the things you're trying to do is to put the the whole the issues of sexuality into what one book title calls a more beautiful story, right? Hmm. Isn't that the title yeah. of one book I think was I think so. was that on your list or maybe maybe I don't not. think that I, one was it's but it's I have by heard a of British it, yeah. guy. Yeah. And it's called A More Beautiful hmm. Story. And just talking about how the vision of the uh, the scripture and, and the and the church, what the church is taught is is actually a more beautiful story than um maybe what we've heard in the church, and then, but also what the secular culture around us mm. is telling us. It is a more beautiful yeah. story, and it sounds like you tried to put it into that more beautiful story context.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love yeah. that description. I haven't, yeah. I haven't okay. uh, read the book, actually, yeah. but now I want to. But yeah. I, I think that, that perspective, what's the story that God's going to tell? What are some yeah. of the conflicting stories? Even the first weekend of right. the series, we talked, here's some of these different stories that are out yeah. there, you know, with a little nod to the work of of Tim Keller and Charles Taylor and others like that who are talking about the stories that are out there. How do we provide a framework that's really yeah. God's vision, and why is that the most satisfying? Why is that life to the full, mm. like Jesus says? Yeah. And how do we step into that? That's great. Mm-hmm. So one more question yeah. for you.
1: What, what, what advice would you give for preachers who are considering a series or a sermon or a series on this topic? Yeah, I, th- I
0: think the first thing is don't try to be the expert Mm. on everything oh ah, it's good yeah I mean I, I leaned on some of my other preaching pastors I leaned on our church council some experts mm. within our church I, I read a ton I just kept my ears open I listened to other pastors who preached on it and tried to gain advice so so do the necessary preparation I guess is one piece of advice but also don't Try to be the person who has all the information. Really lean in with other people. Listen to other voices in your church, people in your congregation who may be on the front lines of doing work in schools or business uh, on this topic. Uh, Listen to them. That would be one advice I'd I'd give. Uh, Give yourself plenty of lead time for the preparation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll probably start to study and find issues you've never thought about before. And so you really need to give yourself some time to study well on those topics and and not be ill-informed. There's nothing worse than getting up in the pulpit and saying something that you really actually don't know anything about, and it will come back around to get you in a negative way, because people will know like you're not really informed on this, so so do your study ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I think a third thing is, uh, I know a lot of us as pastors, we're afraid to talk about these things, and my encouragement would be Hey, do all the preparation, uh, all that, but go for it. Don't mm. be afraid to step in. And also don't view it as a finished topic. We, we subtitled the series Toward a Biblical Theology yeah. of Embodied Sexuality very intentionally because we said, hey, this is, this is us trying to give the contours, trying to paint the picture. We know this is a changing discussion. All the time, so that would be some advice. And then, and then I also say, get a team of people to pray for you. Yeah, it's great. So that's yeah. that's vital. So you did not title it the exhaustive and conclusive <laughs> sermon series on human sexuality. We have the final word. We understand <laughs> yeah. everything. Right. No, it's very no. much saying yeah. this is this is our best take yeah. on what we think Scripture says right. in relation to yeah. the realities of our world.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Matt, for being here. And, and preachers, I just encourage you. Um, your people are being discipled in this area. They are being catechized um most of the time they're being catechized by the culture we live in mm-hmm. and uh, if we don't speak into this we 're sort of leaving them to wolves yeah. of of heresy of error of confusion um and so one of our roles is to provide that clarity and uh and to bring in the more beautiful story of mm-hmm. of the church and and of the scripture and we're going to also have a twitter chat on this on february 14th if you want to follow along with us so matt thanks again for being here with us absolutely thanks for the opportunity and, matt yep, and this is matt woodley with preachingtoday.com on monday morning preacher thanks for being with us